slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, Lots to talk about today, as is true every Wednesday. We will have our farm report, taking a look at everything happening in and around Bridgeport. We will also take a closer look at Josh Bailey and what he's meant to this team. And of course, we'll have this date in Islanders history. And and just also, before we get started with any of that, let's give a little assessment as to what the Islanders are doing up until this point. You know, the 17-game unbeaten streak or point-scoring streak is over. And now the Islanders are sort of settled down. They've won one, lost one, won one, lost one, won one in their last five. So it's sort of an every-other-game kind of a thing. And the Islanders need to get a little bit more consistent right now than they have been since that long streak ended. And it seems like they're struggling more on the road and struggling to score goals. Now, look, the Islanders presently ranked 21st in the league in goal scores, but they are still first in the league in goals against. And again, if this team wants to make a long playoff run, if they truly want to be contenders, they have got to find a way to get that goals for up, not significantly, but a little bit more, a little bit more consistent overall. And I, I think, look, Barry Trotz teams are not going to win too many games scoring four, five, six goals, but at least you should be able to consistently get three or four and have certain players in your lineup who you can count on when things are tight, when scores are close, when you really need that goal that's going to put you over the top in a clutch situation. So Islanders looking for that consistency, still looking for that chemistry, especially on the third line, which is an issue that we've talked about before here on the show. And uh, certainly we would welcome your two cents on that. If you want to talk about something, if there's something on your mind, Islanders related, you can email the show at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. You could also follow us on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. Uh, That's IceWarsNYRVSNYI to follow me on Twitter, and we'll keep you up to date on all things Islanders. Still not sure about the availability of Nick Letty. He is still day-to-day coming in for tomorrow's game in Florida against the Panthers, so we will certainly keep an eye on Letty, and again, we will tweet as soon as we have some information and keep you updated 
on what's happening. Meanwhile, Noah Dobson played his eighth game yesterday, and again, he can play one more game before Lou Lamorello has to make a decision about Noah Dobson, whether to keep him up at the NHL level for the rest of the season or to send him back to juniors. He cannot go to Bridgeport, cannot go to the AHL. I like what this kid has done in the limited ice time that he has gotten. It is clear that at this point, Barry Trotz does not have a lot of confidence in Dobson in the third period of a very close game, but in eight games, he is a plus three with two assists. He has seen some time on the power play, and he has not at any time looked overmatched. Seven shots on goal in eight games, not a big problem defensively, but needs to get a little more consistent, needs to put on some bulk, get stronger, get bigger, which is typical of all NHL, you know, first-year players. So, to me, if you think about it, is Noah Dobson capable of playing at the NHL level? Yes, I think he is. But if he does, you're looking at a guy who is going to be a third-pairing defenseman and a second power play unit kind of a guy. To me the Islanders are probably better off sending Noah Dobson back to juniors. Yes, he's only going to play against teenagers rather than quote-unquote men, but he's also going to log 25, 30 minutes a game, maybe more. He's going to gain confidence. He's going to develop his skills, and I think he gets more in the long run as a hockey player playing game in and game out and playing more minutes in juniors than he does being the seventh defenseman on the Islanders. And yeah, look, they'll mix him in every once in a while, or if someone gets hurt like uh, we have right now with Letty, he'll step in. But, you know, let's say he would play 35, 40 games if he were to stay at the NHL level and play, you know, 12 to 15 minutes a game as opposed to the experience he would get in juniors. I say they should send him back to juniors. One more game left before the Islanders need to make that decision, and we'll see what Lou Lamorello decides to do. Lots to debate here, and again, feel free to email us with your opinion, and we will uh, discuss this further. Uh, Just leave your name and where you're from, and we'll be happy to discuss that or anything else that is on your mind. All right, we still got a lot more to get to on today's show. We will have the Farm Report talking about the week that was and the week that will be in Bridgeport. Plus, we will focus Plus, we will focus on the performance of Kiefer Bellows, the former number one pick of the Islanders, and we'll check out what he's doing down in Bridgeport. We will also have this date in Islanders history and a whole lot more. Stay with us. More to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, so let's talk a little bit about Josh Bailey. And, you know, to me, here's something I don't fully understand. Uh, For years, Josh Bailey has now been a consummate Islander. He came up probably too soon when the team brought him up. The Islanders were still struggling as an organization. They needed help right away. Bailey came up as an 18-year-old rookie, probably before he should have, and yet he grew into the position 
in the NHL, managed to mature and become a solid hockey player. As a rookie, seven goals, 25 points in 68 games, and hard to believe that was 11 years ago. A lot of uh, action for the Islanders, uh, for Josh Bailey, he has now played 800 26 games in an Islander uniform, has never had a 20-goal season, but has not been below 10 goals in a season since 2013-2014. Last, uh, his best season, two years ago, 2017-2018, a career-high 18 goals, a career-high 53 assists, and of course a career-high 71 points, and out of those 71 points, 31 points came on the power play. But Bailey is, look, not a naturally gifted goal scorer, not the kind of guy who's going to put 20, 25, 30 goals uh, in the net at the end of the season, but he's a great playmaker. He has excellent on-ice vision, and he is the kind of player that will contribute everywhere on the ice. He is, I think, in many ways, a Barry Trotz kind of player. Maybe could be a little more physical, but that's really not his role. 12 hits so far in 29 games uh, for Josh Bailey and 21 blocked shots. But look, here is the thing. Eight goals, 13 assists, 21 points, a plus one. Five points, one goal, four assists on the power play. One goal is shorthanded. He can play on any line you set him up on. First line, second line, third line. He could even go on the fourth line if need be and give your team energy. He is responsible defensively. He could play center. He can play the wing. He can take face-offs in a pinch, although that is not his the, the best part of his game. But at the end of the day, Josh Bailey, a valuable player, a leader in the locker room, and the kind of guy that every team really wants and needs. Perhaps the only criticism you might have of Bailey is that you might want him to shoot the puck a little bit more frequently. In 29 games right now, 29 shots on goal. But that shooting percentage, a career-best 27.6 this year, his previous career best, 14.5%, set back in 2012-2013, a season in which he played only 38 games. So, Bailey, you know, more of a playmaker than a shooter, smart defensively, knows how to play positional hockey, and a great passer, sees the ice very well, unselfish, plays for the team rather than for his own glory, and a leader in the locker room. Again, not a superstar kind of a player, but the kind of a guy that every team wants and needs on their roster, and a valuable addition. And I think here's another thing about Josh Bailey that I think is interesting. Early on in his career, because he was a first-round draft pick, because the Islanders traded down a couple of times to... Uh, try to get some more picks and passed over some highly touted players and ended up drafting Bailey. Fans got on him because he wasn't producing so many goals. Now, after, you know, 11 seasons in an Islanders uniform, I think Islander fans know who Josh Bailey is, what he can do, and they 
actually appreciate his value to the hockey team. And, you know, here's another thing about Bailey. Not going to take a lot of penalties. Not going to take foolish penalties. The most penalty minutes he ever had in a season, 37, way back in 2010-2011. So far this year in 29 games, Bailey has a grand total of four penalty minutes. Meanwhile, let's take a look at the standings for the Islanders right now. And again, you know, despite that 17-game unbeaten streak, it's tight right now in the Metropolitan Division. Washington still in first, 49 points. The Islanders, seven points behind the Caps, but three games in hand. Islanders, 27-2 with 42 points. The Flyers, three points behind the Islanders. The Islanders have a game in hand. Pittsburgh, four points behind the Islanders. The Islanders have two games in hand. And five points behind the Islanders, the Carolina Hurricanes. And the Islanders have one game in hand. So the standings, very tight in that Metropolitan Division. And the Islanders cannot afford, even though they had that long, you know, point streak, they cannot afford a slump without falling behind in the standings. Only two teams in the Metropolitan Division right now are below NHL 500. That's the Columbus Blue Jackets, who have 28 points in 30 games, and the struggling New Jersey Devils with 23 points in 29 games. All right, we have got more to get to on today's show. We'll have this Dayton Islanders history, plus the farm report. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Okay, time for this date in Islanders history. We take you back to December 11th. 1996, the site, Madison Square Garden, Rangers and Islanders. Tommy Sallow in between the pipes for the Isles. Former Islander Glenn Healy gets the start for the Rangers. And the Rangers came into this game riding a seven-game unbeaten streak. They were 6-0-1 over the course of the streak. The Rangers drew first blood, Nicholas Sundstrom, his 12th goal of the year, assists by two Hall of Famers, Wayne Gretzky and Luke Robitaille. Time of the goal, 2:20, and the Rangers had a 1-0 lead. Uh, Islanders unable to score in that first period, and it stood at 1-0 after 20 minutes. In the second period, Glenn Healy, the Rangers goalie, called for interference and as a result, the Islanders go on the power play. Brian Berard with the power play goal at 4.03 of the second stanza. That ties the game at one. Travis Green and, yes, Tommy Sallow getting assists on the Berard goal. Then the Islanders take the lead. Nicholas Anderson, less, uh, a little bit more than a minute later. One minute, 11 seconds after the Berard goal. Anderson, his fifth from Berard and Ziggy Palfi. And then at the 12.34 mark of period two, it was Brian Smolinski, his fifth, another assist for Nicholas Anderson and Scott Lachance. Then it's Ziggy Palfi's turn. The Islanders' leading scorer got his 19th goal of the year at 17.16 of the second period. Travis Green, the lone assist, and the Islanders had a 4-1 to one lead 
after 40 minutes, despite the fact that it was the Rangers who were taking the majority of the shots. Tommy Sallow playing outstanding hockey for the Islanders in this game. In the third period, Luke Robitaille called for boarding early on at the 126 mark, and the Islanders make them pay. Ziggy Palfi, his 20th goal of the year on the power play from Smolinski and Kenny Janssen. And that 20th goal, by the way, tied Palfi for second in the league at that point. The Rangers, down 5-1, to one, did not quit. Bill Berg scores his fourth of the year at 9-12 from Brian Noonan and Bruce Driver to make it 5-2. And then Luke Robitaille gets his tenth of the year from Darren Langdon and Sergei Nemchinov at 15-29 to close out the scoring. Islanders win it 5-3, 37 saves in this game for Tommy Salo. The Islanders outshot 40-30, but managed to win the game. Palfi, two goals, one assist. Travis Green, two helpers, Brian Berard and Nicholas Anderson, and Brian Smolinski, each with a goal and an assist in this one as the Islanders skate away with a 5-3 victory. Palfi leading the team with six shots on goal in this contest. Interesting quote after this game that really... uh, You know, a little embarrassing for the Rangers, but uh, a funny one nonetheless. Rangers coach Colin Campbell uh, summed it up after the game. His statement, one of our best players was Darren Langdon. That's good news for Darren Langdon, but with all due respect for Darren Langdon, it's not good news for the New York Rangers. And Langdon, of course, a fourth-line enforcer type, and uh, I guess he's trying to say his top-line players not getting the job done. Again, this date in Islanders history, December 11th, 1996. Islanders 5, Rangers 3 at Madison Square Garden. All right, it's time for the Farm Report now. We take a look at all things Bridgeport Sound Tigers and three games since we last had the Farm Report last Wednesday. And Bridgeport got their weekend off to a solid start with a 5-4 shootout victory on the road against the Utica Comets. This was the first time all year that Bridgeport nodded, uh, scored five goals in a game, and they won for the fifth time in their last six uh, games. Oliver Wallstrom, who had spent some time with the Islanders earlier this season, scored the only goal in the shootout to get the win. Meanwhile, Matt Laredo, a goal and an assist. Mason Jobs, two assists. And Sebastian Ajo, two assists to lead the way for Bridgeport's offense. For Laredo, his third goal in three games. In net, Jared Carreau, who got healthy and made 27 saves to earn the victory. So, a nice start for Bridgeport, improving their record to 9-12-3-1 with that road victory. One night later, it was the Sound Tigers in Syracuse to take on the Crunch. And this time, the, the Sound Tigers fall to Syracuse by a margin of 5-2 to two in this one. Nick Sh- uh, Schilke 
scores. Parker Witherspoon gets his second goal, while goalie Jakob Skarik makes 27 saves in what is only his seventh ever career appearance at the AHL level. Alex Volkov had a goal and three assists to pace Syracuse, while Taylor Radish had two goals and one assist. The Sound Tigers, with the loss, fall to 4-8-1-0 on the road. This was a game that really Bridgeport did not play exceptionally well. They looked like they were a step off, a step behind for most of the game, and Syracuse scored early, just a minute 44 into the contest, and, and really controlled the game from that point on. So that was the weekend split for Syracuse, but then they played a game on Monday, and this one, not so easy either. Bridgeport falls to the Utica Comets at home at the Webster Bank Arena. Final score in this game, 6-3 to three in favor of Utica, and unfortunately, Bridgeport allowing four goals in that third period. Kiefer Bellows, Nick Schilke, and Jeff Kubiak got the goals for Bridgeport, and that snapped the Sound Tigers' three-game home win streak over the course of the last three home games. So, not the greatest weekend or week for the Sound Tigers. They end up with one win, a shootout win at that, and a pair of losses. Busy schedule coming up as the Sound Tigers hit the road for two games this weekend. Friday, they are at the Utica Comets, a familiar foe if ever there was one. That's a 7 o'clock start up in Utica. And then Saturday, the Sound Tigers travel to Hershey to take on the Hershey Bears. Also a 7 o'clock start next Wednesday. They will return home to host the Syracuse Crunch in a rare midweek non-holiday home game for the Sound Tigers. Wanted to talk a little bit about Kiefer uh, Bellows. A lot of pressure on this kid. First round pick, 19th overall by the Islanders in 2016. Spent that first season at Boston University where he had seven goals and 14 points in 34 games. Then went to the Western Hockey League in juniors, scored 41 goals in 56 games for the Portland Winterhawks before turning pro, and has spent the last year plus in Bridgeport, still getting used to the NA, uh, to the AHL game. Last year, his rookie pro season, 12 goals, 19 points, 101 penalty minutes for the Sound Tigers. This year, five goals, three assists, eight points in 25 games. But getting hot lately over the last two weeks, he has scored four goals. So all of a sudden, Kiefer Bellows heating up. And the uh, Minnesota native, whose father, of course, played in the NHL, uh, looking to take his game to the next level. And Islander fans certainly hoping he can start finding the net. A uh, little bit of a Cy Young Award winner here. 12 goals, 7 assists last year. 5 goals, 3 assists this year. Bellows much more of a power forward than a playmaker. But remember, folks, before you get too anxious, power forwards 
tend to take a little bit longer to mature and develop, in part because their game depends on size. Bellows listed at six foot one, 195 pounds, and uh, if he can get that up to maybe 210 or so, uh, he'll probably be in better shape to play against professionals at the NHL level. But again, give the kid time. All right, that's going to do it for us on today's show. Join us tomorrow and every weekday for the Locked On Islanders podcast. Tomorrow we will have a full preview of the Islanders game in Florida against the Panthers, plus this Dayton Islanders history and a whole lot more. I am your host, Gil Martin. Thanks for joining us for Locked On Islanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.